27th, so we're going to take a quick pass through Proverbs 27, verse 21. The crucible is for refining silver and the smelter for gold, but a person is tested by the praise given him. That's a good one. Welcome back to the Research Labs of Better. Let's join Martin and Julie again on their first date. He actually thinks I'm going to give him the tip. Didn't he just say he's trying to put his kids through college? Yeah, what a sucker. It's like watching a train wreck. But let's see what it looks like with Better. No, keep the change. Aw, that's so sweet. You're helping him put his kids through college. I'm a sucker for those stories. When life hands you choices, choose <laughs> I can't believe that I have to follow little Whitney now and preach because I am not going to sing a sermon to you. <laughs> what a picture of innocent love for the Lord. Um, and what a gifted future worship leader sitting in our church service. What comes to mind, what comes to your mind when... Um, I just mentioned a name. I'll just give you a couple of names. You, know, you don't have to answer this, but what comes to mind if I say the name Dennis Rodman? What comes to mind um, if this guy was on, on a television program this morning and they said this, what comes to mind when the name Michael Bolton? You know, long hair. Yeah, yes, singer, long hair. He's not the I can't believe it's not butter guy. That's somebody else. How about Abraham Lincoln? <laughs> Don't answer out loud now, okay. I mean, something comes to mind when I say these names. Here's another one for you, Billy Graham. When people say your name, what comes to their minds? What is it that you are known for? Today is the last um, of a four-part series, which I've called Better, and uh, we're studying the idea that there are things that we know and we believe are good, and the Bible talks about things that say that they're actually better. Week one... Uh, we talked about better is one day in your courts than a thousand days elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. That was the first week. The second week, we talked about better is one handful with tranquility than two handfuls, but chasing after the wind and toil. And then last week, we talked about how much better it is to have wisdom than gold and um, to choose understanding rather than silver. Today, we're in Proverbs 22, 1, which is this. A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver and gold. Would you read that out loud with me? And we'll just follow. I'll lead. A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. Again, a good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. Scripture, <laughs> scripture talks uh, about silver and gold, and when it talks about that, it's referencing, um, I mean, literally it's referencing the precious metals, but it's really talking in those instances about possessions, about stuff. And uh, today, for us to talk about silver and gold, I don't know how many of you can carry around silver and gold, not very many of us, but for us, that we'd be talking about a bigger house, maybe, maybe a newer car, a better wardrobe. You know, we're talking about the things of this world, but the Bible says that there is something better. And that's a good name. A good name is basically your reputation. It's what you are known for. And so 
When you hear the name, a name, what do you think? What do you think when you hear the name Mother Teresa? Reputations coming up. What do you think when you hear the name Alfred E. Newman? Anybody know who Alfred E. Newman is? A boy, childhood hero of mine. I see some blank looks in the back of the room. They're going, who's that dude? And my words to you is to get a life because this guy rocks, okay? (laughs) Or maybe not. How about, here's another one, Bernard or Bernie Madoff. You're thinking, why do I know that name? And here's how I remember Bernie Madoff. He made off with $18 billion of investors' money. He stole the biggest consumer fraud in history. I mean, names carry something with them. And um, so I say to you again, what are you known for? When people say your name, you know, what comes to their minds? What are you known for? Now, at the same time as we start this process, I want to immediately up front dispel a lie that says that when it comes to having a good name, you have to be perfect. That's a lie. So here's a key thought for you just to keep in the background of your mind as we go through this today. A good name doesn't mean you're perfect, but being perfected by the one who is. We'll just let that um, settle in. And, and You know, interesting um, names are interesting. They carry, they carry things with us our entire life. I've, I found this company on the Internet named Reputation Changer. Okay, and what reputation changer is? Here's 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 why this is available. When you post something on the internet, there are search engines out there that all they do is scour the internet day and night. Somebody posts something, it finds it and records it and just logs it. And what it's doing is building up a database for a search engine, so that someday if you put the word mayonnaise in, you'll get all these references to mayonnaise that are out there, and they have their algorithms to determine what comes on the front page, but. But it scours virtually everything. So you post something on Facebook, a picture, a silly picture, or whatever, innocent enough, and it's funny to you and your friends. You know it's out there now forever. It's forever. In fact, you can pull it down. You can take the picture down. But it's still out there. And if somebody, somebody Googles or searches the correct phrase, that thing will show up. Even though it's been pulled down, it'll show up. It's amazing. So this company named Reputation Changer, they, uh, it's a business, and all they do is they, they scour the internet looking for negative comments about you or negative comments about your business. And their intention, of course, is to change your internet reputation. Um, now, what they do, their plan is that um, knowing how the process works, they, uh, they can't suppress what's already out there. But what they try to do is swamp the rest of the internet with enough positive things that if somebody does a search, that those things hit the pages ahead of what's been out there before that's damaged your reputation. Okay? So this particular company, here's what they say they provide for you. Um, first off, their lowest price service starts at 2500 bucks and then goes up from there. And um, if they go whole hog on it, if they go whole hog on it, you can expect to see a little bit of improvement in, in um, four months or more. I mean, it's a slow process. There's no guarantees. I just think there's something that's a lot better than silver and gold, and that's a good name. It's just better to have a good name. Names are pretty interesting things. You know, when you're having your first child, or any of your children, for example, I'm sure you're thinking through names, names, names. You start looking through books. How do I pick my name? What do I like? What do I don't like? And we start associating with certain names. There's in- images that, because of somebody we knew or knew of with their name. And, and you, know, you also don't want your little ones you know, to get 
beat up on the playground because if you give them a, a bad name, you're going to pay for a lot of you know, doctor bills. You, you get that, right? So you've got to be careful about that. So I, have, uh, I went out and I did some searches. Now, this is, this is where I get off on rabbit trails when I'm studying. <laughs> now, these are real names of real people, okay? So here's a list of names of real people. Carrie DeBaby, <laughs> Doug and Philip DeGrave, and then there's Jedi, Jedi, Jedi. What were their what was his parents thinking? You know, maybe he was born before George Lucas, but you know, try or try not. There is no try. Just do. You know, that's why George Lucas didn't call me. <laughs> okay, I think I've totally embarrassed my daughter. I can see her covering her face, saying, "I don't know that man." <laughs> He's a real dentist in San Francisco, Les Plaque. <laughs> huh? It's stupid. Okay, I've embarrassed my wife, and now my, wi- my, my daughter's embarrassed. My wife's insulting me from the front row. I'm really charged up to keep going here. So Socrates is, is this wise guy from our history, from the past. Here's what he says about this. He says, regard your good name as the richest jewel you can possibly possess. The way to gain a good reputation is to endeavor to be what you desire to appear. Good word on it, being authentic. So a good name, if we just would agree that a good name is better, I guess that's, you know, we might as well ask the question, why? I'm just going to give you three reasons that I've come up with out of Scripture. There's lots more, but I figure three is all we can stand here in half an hour. So, okay, the first one is a good name instills confidence. Proverbs 10, verse 9 says... Whoever walks in integrity walks securely. Some children just will not eat their carrots. They just won't. They're not going to eat their carrots. They don't, you know, carrots don't taste like chocolate. I get that. There's no reason to eat carrots. For me, it's broccoli. There is no earthly reason to eat broccoli that I can come up with. I mean, I just don't get it. I don't get it. You can have all you want. Just, you know, she's quit offering me broccoli. I've got a broccoli story I'll tell you sometime, but... Um, but, you know, some kids won't eat carrots. So I'm going to tell a story on one of my children who I won't mention her name, but when she was, <laughs> she was probably around two. And um, we lived um, at, out, in, out, in, out in the county, in Thurston County, um, in an area near what, Patterson Lake. And that's, um, I guess that's east of Lacey, a ways, quite a ways. And one day, uh, you know, we're having carrots and... Lisa says, you know, eat your carrots, and Rachel doesn't want to eat the carrots. Oh, I said her name. Sorry about that. She doesn't want to eat her carrots, and, uh, but mom's going to get those carrots in that mouth, so they go in, and we get through dinner, and uh, for that, that evening, we needed to go shopping because we had another baby on the way or, or had just been born, um, Joseph, and so we were going to Capitol Mall to go find a baby book. So now, if you know that, that's at least a 25-minute drive. So we drive to Capitol, well, we get the kids, finish dinner, clean up, get dressed, coats, blah, blah, blah. Off we go, um, Capitol Mall, drive across town, shop, 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 shop. We get distracted. I'm sure we're looking at other things. Finish shopping, get back in the car, drive all the way home. You know, it's time for the kids to go to bed. Rachel, go brush your teeth. She follows her in the bathroom. Well, she's having a hard time brushing her teeth because her mouth is still full of carrots. (laughs) Not going to swallow those carrots. 
<laughs> I don't know how many hours that was. Our sweet, little, adorable little girl is not going to swallow those carrots. Of course, that, now it becomes an issue of willpower between mom and little Rachel. And she swallowed the carrots. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the thing. We do the same thing. We do. We, we just, we have our mouthful of something that never belonged there in the first place. We have our mouthful of something, and then we walk around and pretend that people don't notice. We do. We do. Like, you know, we get into a situation, and we're gossiping about one of our friends, and then we realize what we've done with our tongue, and we're thinking, oh, if they find out that I'm the one that started this, and now we start feeling a little bit wiggly in our knees, it's like, oh, if they find out that I'm the one that started this, this can, I'm just, now we're, I'm wobbling, I'm not stable walking, I can, I'm going to get tripped up by this, knowing that if I get caught, this is not going to be pretty. Or another one is, you know, maybe, maybe you're a student, and you all semester long, you've been cheating on your work, and you really haven't been studying it, and now you've got to face the finals, and or maybe you've been chatting with somebody on Facebook that is not your spouse and you ought not to be having those kinds of chats with that person and you're thinking, I shouldn't be doing this. Or, or maybe you've, you've been in or you're in a full-blown marital affair. You know you shouldn't be. And you're thinking, I've got to cover up my tracks. What if I got to find out? What am I going to do? And you're just not walking in integrity. Because Scripture says that when you walk with integrity, you walk securely. And there's a difference when you walk with integrity. And as you do, it begins to build your confidence. A good name instills confidence. The second thing, a good name speaks for you. We see this um, illustrated in Second uh, Chronicles chapter 9. And it's a story between, uh, where King Solomon meets the Queen of Sheba. And to give you a quick review, we talked about this recently. Uh, King Solomon had this opportunity where God says, hey, you want one thing, I'm going to give you one thing, and he chose wisdom. God was so pleased by that that he said, not only am I going to give you wisdom, but I'm going to give these all these other things that you didn't ask for. I'm going to give you wealth, and I'm going to give you power over your enemies, and it's going to be amazing. You'll have more wisdom than anyone who's ever walked the earth. And um, so he had all those things. So now Solomon's reputation now starts to travel. It starts to get out. And the Queen of Sheba hears about this. She goes, wow. I hear about this, this guy, this king, and it's amazing. I want to go check this out for myself. So we pick this up in Second uh, Chronicles 9, verse 1. When the queen of Sheba heard of Solomon's fame, now remember his reputation has made the rounds just like ours does, she came to Jerusalem to test him with a hard question. I've been tested by a woman with a hard question before. Have you ever? You know? <laughs> Honey, do these jeans make me look fat? Not, not by Lisa. Lisa's never tested me with that question. But Come on, none of you guys have ever been tested with a hard question by a woman before? Okay, I'm just going to move on. I'm not going anywhere. So <laughs> she came to Solomon and talked with him about all that she had on her mind. Everything on her mind? She's talking to him about everything on her mind? I wonder how long that took. I mean, just, say, just wondering, okay. Am I digging into a hole up here? Should I stop digging? Okay. So Solomon had patience, and he answered. It's, it, he answered every single one of her questions. He answered them all. Second Chronicles. So pick it up in verse, verse 5. She said to the king, The report I heard in my own country about your achievements and your wisdom is true. But I did not believe what they said until I came and I saw with my own eyes. 
Indeed, not even half the greatness of your wisdom was told me. You have far exceeded the report I heard. So your reputation can go before you with good, as well as it can go before you with bad. Did you ever know somebody before you even met them? You got a friend who talked about them so much, by the time you actually really met them, you really felt like you knew them. And, um, you know, our reputation can precede us. You remember those names I mentioned a few minutes ago? Billy Graham, Mother Teresa, Dr. Martin Luther King. When, when those people were born and given those names, those names meant nothing to us. Th- th- those were meaningless names to us. But as these people walk through life, as they walked with integrity, as they were doing what God called them to do, their names today speak for themselves. A good name is more desirable than riches. To be esteemed is better. I mean, I, I've seen it before on Facebook where someone will make a comment about another person that's not consistent with that person's character and their friends will rally to their support. Hold, 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 that's not what happened, blah, 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 blah. And they'll start fixing because that's not their reputation and it's just not who... They are. And they come to your defense because a good name speaks for you. So a good name instills confidence. It speaks for you. And a good name inspires others. Third point, a good name inspires others. The Apostle Paul was um, writing to the people in Corinth about being followers of Christ. And, you know, they're kind of nervous. They're not so sure that they can, you know, succeed at doing this. It seems kind of difficult. And here's what he says in 1 Corinthians 11.1. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. You can almost hear him say, you know, I get it. You're a little bit concerned. This is kind of hard. You're worried. But watch me. Just watch me. Follow my example as I follow Christ. In other words, be inspired by what you see. What I'm doing. It can be done. Walk the way I walk. But here's the thing that's buried in that, the truth that I hope you catch because I'm going to point it out to you. If you are a follower of Christ, you should be inspiring. You should be inspiring. People should be able to look, look on and, you know, and, and they're thinking about you and they look at you and they go, I, I don't get this. Facing problems... I would be upside down, but somehow there's a peace and there's a joy there. And I don't understand it. I really do not understand this. They should see that and say, I, I don't get that. I don't understand it. But I'd sure like a piece of that. I'd sure like some of that in my life. They're inspired by it. They say, I'm inspired and I, and I want it. Another example is, you know, you, you, you realize one day that better is one day in your courts, Lord, than a thousand elsewhere. And then you understand for yourself, for yourself, that your own joy isn't determined by the circumstances of your life, the the happenings, the things that go on. But instead, it transcends that. It's built on Christ, and it takes root in you, and you're better because of it. People around you see it, and they're inspired. They they just say, "I I don't get it. I just don't get it. I got two handfuls, and I work hard all the time for my two handfuls. This guy over here's only got one handful. I got toil and I'm chasing the wind. They got peace and tranquility. I think I'd like that. I think I'd like that. And as believers, I think we should just walk in a way that people look at our lives and they say, you know, I want that. 
That, that should be happening for us. Because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in you if you are a follower of the Lord. And that's inspiring. It's just inspiring. And I, I, get, I, 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 I think you're fine to be, and I understand it to you say, you know, but, you know, Terry, come on. I'm just not an inspirational person. I'm not Billy Graham. I'm not eloquent. I can't speak. I can't, what can I do? I mean, I just do, I do my life what I'm supposed to do. I'm, I'm a teacher, I'm a grocery clerk, I'm a doctor, I'm a student, I'm a bank teller, I'm a, you know, fill in the blank. But I'm just not some kind of inspiring person. Okay, got that. Pop quiz. Ready for a pop quiz? Nod at me. I need some help with her. Okay, pop quiz. Who was Miss America in 2003? <laughs> I don't have a clue either. Okay, let's, okay. Who was this, who won the Super Bowl in 1997? <laughs> Thank you. I don't have a clue either. And you wouldn't, you, how about who was the MVP of that game? How about that one? You wouldn't know that unless you were some kind of a super sports nerd. No one's going to admit to that now. Um, <laughs> who won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress in 2000? We don't know those things. We don't know those things, but we're supposed to be inspired by them. We don't know those things. Okay, let me ask you a few questions that you probably do know the answer to. Who was the teacher that you remember that inspired you to do something that you wouldn't have done, but they saw something in you? Who was the coach that pulled something out of you that you didn't even know was there? And afterwards you realized, I had no idea that was in me. Who was the friend that was there for you when you were absolutely hurting the most? And it means so much to you now that you're willing to do anything to be that to someone else when the time comes up. Because we can all be inspiring to other people. When we walk as fully devoted followers of Christ, we should be inspiring other people by our lives. Not because we're good, but because the one who is in us is good. And he dwells within us. A good name instills confidence, it speaks for you, and it inspires others. There are probably people here who are thinking, you know, yeah, I, I, that's true, Terry, but I really don't have such a good name. My reputation is actually kind of bad. Um, Jesus, Jesus was um, talking to the church in Sardis. This comes from the Revelation, uh, chapter 3, verse 1, and he says these words. He says to the church there, he says, I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you're dead. And I think there could be people here today that kind of feel that way. I don't have a good name, and everybody around me knows it, and, or they're going to know it, they're about to. If, if, if that strikes home, I just want to say to you, welcome home. Crossroads Church, welcome home. Welcome home. Because at this place, there's a scripture that I think pretty much we're all very well aware of. It's Romans 3.23, that says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's all. All as in everybody. Me, Lisa, Eric, everybody has fallen short. But there is a name, there is a good name, even though our names sometimes get messed up, there's one whose name is good and that, that name is special. That, to that name, one day, every king will bow. They will get on their knees. Every single king who denounces Christ today will one day get on those knees, those same knees. They'll bow at the name of Jesus. That name, 
causes demons to shudder. Real demons really shuddering. That name is above every name, and that name, of course, is Jesus. If you've come in here today and you feel maybe a little bit in bondage to your past choices or you kind of feel suffocated by that or bound up or trapped, the good news is that Galatians 5 says that through Christ you can be set free. Galatians 5, you'll find it in there. You might say, well, I feel distant. I feel far from God. I'm not even sure that there is a God. Ephesians chapter 2 tells us that by the power of Christ, the fact that you are here listening to this message today tells me that you are being drawn by the Spirit of God to become nearer to God. A sovereign choice that he's making concerning you by the blood of Christ. Maybe you feel that you're a little unlovable or unacceptable. Good news is, and this is from Romans 15. Romans 15 says you are acceptable. Maybe you feel sinful, filthy or dirty. 2 Corinthians 5 says that you can be a new creation. A new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And you say, but wait, hold on, secondary. You don't really know me. You don't know what I've done. You don't know my thoughts. Okay, that's true. Did you recently make any decisions to persecute and to torment and to kill Christians? Because if, you're, if you haven't, those last four scriptures that I quoted from were all written by a guy who was known for persecuting, killing, and torturing Christians. And then the Lord used him and made him new. And he wrote over half of the New Testament. Um, so you say you're bad. <laughs> I say Jesus is good. You say you're bad. I say Jesus is good. Don't let your past determine your future trajectory because you are creating tomorrow's legacy today. You're creating tomorrow's legacy right now. No matter what you've done in the past, today is a new day. I want to tell um, a quick story, um, and then we're done. We'll pray. This is a story I heard from another pastor and, um, about a funeral. And um, when we're, when we're going to do a memorial service, or when I'm going to do a memorial service, it's pretty common now, I think. You know, we sit down with family and loved ones, and you get all the information in their plan, because you want to make it exactly how they want it to be. And one of the things that's kind of become traditional, or, or it's very common at least now, is um, we take time in a lot of memorial services to share stories. People stand up and they tell different things, and it's just good. It's therapeutic. It's fun. It helps. It just helps. So as a pastor, I know that you know, it's really good to just kind of um, have something to prime the pump with to get it started, because people, people don't like to stop, talk in public to begin with, Right? And so they got to be encouraged. And if you can get them going on a story, then pretty soon people will stand up and they'll do it and, it and it works better. So typically when I'm meeting with a family, I'll say, hey, tell me a little bit about, if I don't know the person, if I didn't know the person, I'll say, tell me about him or her. What, they, what were they good at? What they, what were they, what they like to do? What they didn't, tell me a couple of stories. I'd say, what were they known for? And this pastor was telling me about this. You know, we were talking about this. and He says, so I got to this point of saying, you know, what was she known for? several people there, family members. What was she known for? They kind of looked at each other in just dead silence. Like this. More silence. Pregnant silence. Come on, somebody have a baby, please. It'll be better. Silence, silence, silence. Finally, one of them tells one funny story 
about this gal. She was actually known for caring about clothes and money. But nobody wanted to say that. Silence. Well, how about another story? Silence, silence, silence. Believe me. Okay, one person finally says this. She likes salsa. That's it. One funny story, and she liked salsa. I'm thinking, wow, that must not have been a very fun memorial service to do. Who wants to be known for the fact that they like salsa? Who wants to be known for something like that? To be esteemed is so much better than silver and gold. Let's pray. God.